The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey to all you out there, thanks for hanging with us. My name is Jared Johnson, I'm your host, and this is Season 2 of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and help create the digital consumer experience. Here we just have a lot of variety of perspectives. You'll hear from hospitals, health IT, medical device, life sciences. Really, that's intentional. It's because silos and the status quo no longer exist, do they? We're no longer just marketers or developers or communicators. We are builders of the future of healthcare. And our podcast is dedicated to helping you get better at that. So to that end, we hope you join the posse. That's what we like to call it when you're involved and engaged with this program. And you can do that in a few simple ways. You can listen, you can subscribe, you can leave a review, and you can tell your friends. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com and hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap. The fun thing is that we've been doing this for over a year now. It's been fantastic to see the types of guests that we've been able to bring on the program. And with that, I want to welcome our guest this week because she's something special, ladies and gentlemen. We've got something going on uh, really cool here that we want to share the story of what she's been able to do. This is none other than Gina Zark. Gina is a storyteller who has been in the healthcare marketing world for a while. Most recently, the former vice president of content for Northwell Health. And many of you know her out there and we want to welcome her to the program. Gina, how are you doing today? Hi, Jared. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing even better now that you're on the program because uh, we, we've just got some fun stuff to tell. I'd love for listeners to know uh, a little bit more about you to start off, you know, kind of what you're up to these days, what you've got going on, anything uh, new and exciting coming up, hint, hint, you know, anything that you'd like to tell our listeners about. Yeah, no, um, thank you again for having me. It's really an honor to be here to talk with everyone a little bit about my background and some of the, the programs and projects that I've worked on. So I am a storyteller at heart. I was a journalist for a number of years, a newspaper reporter, you know, segued into public relations and then kind of got hit with the healthcare bug with a lot of different clients that I was working with and started working for hospital systems, primarily to two of the largest ones in New York. So it's been a really interesting perspective to kind of see the gamut of communications and how it's grown to storytelling. And right now I'm out there in the marketplace doing some consulting and kind of getting really excited by so many different healthcare systems and so many different just outlets who are looking to do things differently. And I think, you know, for the first time, we've talked about it for a long time, but I think people are really understanding the consumer differently 
and realizing that the status quo does not work anymore and consumers are kind of demanding demanding something differently. So it's a really exciting time just to see so many different brands that are out there who are really embracing this new philosophy. I'm likewise excited about that. As most listeners know, you know, I've been in the consulting world for a while and I can tell you the need is out there and I'm excited that someone like you is out there and diving into that world just because we really are seeing so many things changing and transforming and and pivoting in the way that we're doing things in healthcare. This isn't just a simple business of media buying anymore. We both know like that world is dead and gone. And so the role of marketers and communications, business strategy, IT, storytelling, it's all converging. And, and I'm excited to get into that a little bit because you've been involved in some projects that are just their heads and above other things that have been out there. And so we're going to dive into that actually as kind of the source for our rap battle because we're going to talk about what is going on and, and how we really do storytelling in healthcare and how it's a lot more than that. It has broadened its own definition and need out there. Rap battle. So the rap battle is where we talk about what has been holding back healthcare especially in marketing and communications and technology. And like I said, those things have kind of converged a lot in the last two years. And I'd say even in the last six to 12 months, things are changing frequently. And so when you're at, with Northwell, you're involved with The Well, which is a fantastic project. I just want to do it justice. I want to let you describe what it is. And we'll go from there. We'll dive into some of the lessons learned. But when we start there, you know, we'll kind of reset in case uh, folks have are not as familiar with it. What was The Well and kind of what was the thinking behind it? Yeah. Yeah, so the well was, you know, our take when I built the content team at Northwell and one of the the tasks, you know, that I was really hired to accomplish there was to build a branded content site, you know, and a lot of organizations are, are doing that now, right? And they're looking to tell stories on their owned media, on their website, on their platform. So what the well became was a digital storytelling site. And the storytelling piece of it is really is really important because it, this was not a place for our press releases. You know, we have a great corporate newsroom that did that, that did that well. So there obviously is the .edu website that shares a lot of that clinical information. So we really, when we were building the strategy for the well, wanted to think of a way of how do we really relate to the consumers and how do we tell stories that would be relevant to them in their lives, no matter where they are or where they may be on their healthcare journey. And how do we do that for the healthcare event? You know, to start to build some loyalty and to start to build information because everyone is going to need healthcare. It, it hits you at some point. Most people, or if you think about women or men or anything, most people don't even get admitted or go to the hospital, let's just say, until they have a baby. That might be their first healthcare experience. And then as you get older, obviously, you know, health conditions or events can happen in your life. So we really wanted to build a site that would kind of meet the consumer and where they were in their healthcare journey with relevant and really engaging content that wasn't necessarily Northwell first focused, but that was very focused on the patient and information that they needed out there. What we ultimately did with the site that was different, it is really, it's an editorial extension of the brand. We worked with a lot of former national journalists to craft the content. We created series franchises. You know, we took people behind the scenes, whether it was a day in the life of an OBGYN as an example. And we took some really beautiful and compelling photography about babies being born and what a day in her life was like. You know, a Dear Dr. Ice column, truly patient stories of patients telling first-person accounts of what it was like 
procedures or go through certain healthcare events themselves. So the content was very, very, very different. And it was very purposeful in the sense that whatever content we put on the site, we wanted to help advance a consumer through their healthcare journey, whether it was make them laugh, give them comfort and advice, or just feel better about you know the scary situation that they may be living with. So I'm thinking about a couple of pieces of that because I think we hear a lot that that healthcare marketers, at least in theory, you know, or how they describe it, that they are quote unquote meeting consumers where they're at and, and creating content for them. There were a lot of pieces about the well that were different and really did actually achieve that. And some of the examples you just gave of you know a day in the life, uh, the behind the scenes piece to me that's really where the stories came to life. And it's because of the willingness to go beyond the really surface-oriented content. Can you describe to us a little bit about maybe some examples that come to mind of how real the content was and how you got to that point? Yeah, I mean, you know, very real. And I look at, you know, just because just we're talking about it, the Day in the Life series, you know, we've done, just as an example, one of the things when we launched the site at the end of 2017 is we launched with the Day in the Life of a NICU mom a mom who had twins in the NICU and what her day was like having to go visit her babies every day in the hospital and having to go home and leave them at the hospital. So there were a lot of things like that where you don't, you don't think about that. And I think when people think just as a NICU as an example, people may do an ad or a testimonial or some type of advertising that talks about, you know, we have a phenomenal NICU and our nurses are wonderful and we take care of X amount of babies and we have a really high success rate. And those are all really important messages. But again, the thing that is missing from those messages is the emotion, is that emotional piece. And when you think about healthcare, there's nothing more human than healthcare. There's nothing more emotional than healthcare. And if you're going through a healthcare event or a healthcare experience, and I look at it that if I were a mom and I had a child who was going to be in the NICU, that's what I would want to see is, or how are other people doing this? What are some advice or pieces of information that they can give me as I struggle you know, through this uncertain, you know, time in my child's life and the process of what they are going through, how can it help me as a person living through it? So that's really what the site does. It kind of like demystifies some of that. You know, we also did, and this is again, going back when we launched the site, we did a whole story on an internal initiative that we had on Northwell called Team Lavender. And we did a video and it was a really compelling video because what it did is it talked about the need for this internal group called Team Lavender that would get called to a unit when something traumatic happened and basically the nurses or the care team needed help. Because you think about it, a patient passes away on a floor, something happens, someone goes into childbirth and the mother you know, terribly and unexpectedly doesn't make it. These are things that people don't anticipate when they go to a hospital necessarily. But when you're a doctor, when you're a nurse, when you're on the clinical staff, you deal with this day in and day out. That is something that we don't talk about in healthcare. We don't talk about the fact that there is mortality and, and patients do pass away. We're always talking about you know, the success stories and everything else. And for us, that was really a beautiful way to tell the behind the scenes stories again of when there are deaths on a, a patient floor and the nurses, let's just say as an example, are really affected, how do we come together to support them? And how does the healthcare system support them and help them as they grieve through that process. Because remember, if that happens on the floor, those nurses still have patients to take care of. They don't have time to sit back and cry and grieve and think about it. They're on to you know, the next patient. They have so much work that they have to do in the moment. 
So it's a lot of stories like that. And, and one of my favorite examples is the story of a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was doing a lot of Facebook Live and blogging here on Long Island in, in the community. And a lot of us who live in the area saw some of this through, you know, Facebook mom groups and, and other things like that. And, you know, we asked her to share her experiences on the well of what is it like to be a young woman diagnosed with breast cancer who has children, who has a husband, who's an entrepreneur, who has her own business, and to write first person accounts of what it was like to get diagnosed, how you decided to ultimately have a mastectomy, and then what was your reconstruction process like. And as we started talking to her, we were she wasn't even our patient. And we had a lot of debates internally at the time about do we still feature this? Don't we feature this? And we ultimately decided to feature it because where she was treated was agnostic to the story. Again, the story was about her emotional journey going through this process, still taking care of her children, having to make really tough decisions about surgery and treatment. And that is ultimately what we wanted to put out there for readers, that even if she ultimately was treated, you know, at one of the Northwell hospitals, I don't know if that would have made the story because it was really about her emotions and what she was going through. I need a dime, ain't faking a book. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Altera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Altera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Altera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Well, I can tell the focus really is on the story itself. And I think that's what lends so much credibility to what was happening, what content was getting published. And I'm curious, it, it brings up a couple of questions for me in terms of the origins of it as it was getting going. You know, How did you know what moments to focus on and build content around? And the second was, how did you get all parties aligned? You know, you're, you're, you're talking about content coming from a lot of different content authors and creators. So how do you get them all on the same page? Because let's face it, the more real the story we try to tell about healthcare, the more uncomfortable it makes some people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think anytime you are trying to do something different, and this was definitely, you know, a departure from traditional content marketing when you think about it, particularly in the healthcare space. You know, I think anytime you're trying to to push something through that's different, you know, it's going to be met with not even, you know, resistance isn't the right word, but I think it's met with a lot of healthy debate. You know, why are we doing this way? You know, what are the risks? Why don't we just do it the way we've always done it? You know, and things like that. But we just felt that we had such a real opportunity to do it differently. We saw what was out there in the marketplace. We saw that it was a lot of, a lot of content that really just added to stress. You know, if you think of symptom trackers and other things like that, and Dr. Google, and all healthcare information that's out there. 
And then you have like those overly sanitized images of, you know, people going in for a colonoscopy and like, you know, the doctors are smiling and it's just not what healthcare is like. So we thought we, we just really had an opportunity. And more than that, it was a responsibility. You know, Northwell is one of the largest, you know, healthcare providers, especially in New York state. And it's like, we felt that didn't we have an obligation that we employ, you know, thousands of doctors and nurses and everything else. And if, and if patients can't rely and come to us for the real information and the real story of what things are like, then we're leaving it up to other people, other people to do. So it felt like it was ultimately then a disservice. In terms of you know, the moments, you know, we really did have a, a moment-based strategy where we thought about different moments that were relevant in a consumer's life. Particularly in healthcare, you know, a lot of the targeting that we do, and this is not unique, it's targeted to the chief medical officer of the home, could be a woman between the ages of 25 to 60 years old, give or take. And we looked at all of the moments that happen in their lives through in four verticals. So it was, you know, what are the should moments that happen in those decade ranges? You know, you should eat better, you shouldn't drink as much caffeine, you should exercise every day. And then, you know, what are those routine things that you have to have in the different stages of your life? You know, I'm 40 years old, I need to get a mammogram or I need to get a colonoscopy at this point or a PSA test or something like that. And then there were those, you know, obsessive moments, the things that everyone is talking about in the water cooler conversation. And that could be maybe a celebrity passes away from, you know, from a a disease or someone gets diagnosed with something and it's really just taken over, over the conversation. And then obviously there were those extreme moments and this is where you get into the emotional part where it was when healthcare hits home and maybe that's when you or a loved one gets diagnosed with something which goes back to a lot of those first person accounts that we created. So we kind of segmented those four verticals and broke it out into the decade ranges and looked at it and said, well, what happens when you're 25 to 35? What happens when you're 35 to 45? And our team, we really brainstormed, you know, what some of those moments were. So we did a lot of first person accounts of, So you're getting a colonoscopy, here's what it's really like, or you're getting a mammogram, or the first person accounts that we talked about, you know, about breast cancer. We did a lot of dear doctors on a variety of topics that hit people at, you know, all of those, all of those different stages. So that was really how we started crafting and creating the content. And, you know, I was really fortunate because at the time, the content team were about 20 people. And that was everything from content strategists, we had audience insights and development directors, we had social media strategists, photography, videography. So we were able to do a lot of the content producing in-house. And then as I mentioned earlier, we started working with some national journalists to kind of help you know, fill in the content and, and almost kind of train our staff to think differently with more of an editorial lens um, into our content versus maybe what you would traditionally see on you know, a .edu site that has a lot of clinical information. Right. Okay. So let's talk uh, lessons learned then. Uh, and anything that stands out in terms of what's beneficial throughout this process, because obviously there's a lot of success that came with it. What sticks out in terms of looking back, you know, what the experience was like and any lessons learned? Oh, there's so many lessons learned. It was a really, you know, you look back and when you're going through a major project like that, just from everything from, you know, the brainstorming and doing like strategic deep dives into what's already out there and looking at what others are doing in the space and where there's ultimately, ultimately opportunity. It was an incredible journey to go through that and to kind of have this, you know, vague idea of a concept of what you think you want to do. And you don't know if you're 
you know, reaching too high and is it really possible? And then you kind of see it being built and, you know, the site's been live since December of, you know, 2017. So to kind of see that progress has, has been remarkable. You know, in terms of, of lessons learned, we talked about the value of storytelling and I think a lot of brands are doing that now. And one of the things that I'm most proud of about the project is that it really was true storytelling. You know, it didn't feel like advertising. It wasn't branded messaging. It really took the view of that patient first experience and provided consumers with really relevant content that would help them ultimately if they were looking to make a decision about a procedure they needed to have or just a dear doctor because they needed advice about something and they didn't know what to do. I think we learned a lot in terms of personalization. And I think if we think about brands as media companies, right? There's this big opportunity now when you think of the shift of owned, earned, and paid. And everyone has a website. So everyone is, you know, is a media company and they want to talk about their services and do things. But it's not just, you know, you have a website, put content on there and everyone will come and it'll be wonderful. It's not just about publishing. It's so much more than that. And one of the reasons that I loved building the well so much is that it really focused on personalization. And you could really see if you're a 45-year-old, a 35-year-old, even an 18-year-old, there is content for you on that site and you can find that content. And through back-end automation and other things, we were really able to create personalized experiences you know, based on the way the user consumed the site and, and the, stories, the stories that they visited. So I think that was really interesting to kind of take a moment-by-moment decade strategy and kind of see it work. The other thing I think we learned... And this is like, it's an interesting way to phrase it, but it, it completely makes sense. So go with me here is, you know, thinking small was the new way to think big. So, you know, traditionally with advertising campaigns, and I've seen this across the board, whether it's, you know, working for, you know, different hospital systems or working on the agency side when, you know, I did public relations and the like. And, you know, there's this philosophy of it's all impressions, right? And how many of us have done impressions report and, you know, how many people did we reach? And we reached millions and hundreds of millions and display advertising used to be really big and, and all of these other things that were able to kind of skew the numbers much, much higher. And we realized and we took a very different approach that even though obviously we wanted people to visit the site, that's the whole point. You want people to consume the content. The impact was actually greater than the impressions. So we didn't do a lot of you know, display advertising. We did a lot of you know, paid Facebook advertising. But again, very targeted to decade ranges. You know, it wasn't broad-based targeting. If we're going to target you know, people of you know, a 40-year age range, it's, if we're doing a mammogram you know, story and we want to promote that on Facebook, we're targeting women who are maybe 35 to 45 only. So you're not going to reach as many people, but you're going to reach the right people. And we also valued subscribers a lot. And you know, what is the value of an email? And I think, again, as we shift to social media and other things, you forget about that. You have someone's email address. That's wonderful. You can keep sending them content. That is worth a lot. That is worth a lot more than a Facebook like or you know, just an impression that you might get, you might get from displayed. And just you know, even in terms of, of the paid media, we saw paid media efficiency that was just really phenomenal and above all industry averages. So in healthcare, your industry average for a click-through rate, I think is 0.83. We saw click-through rates as high as almost 7%. 
for a lot of the content. It was just really resonating. You know, a cost per click on Facebook is $1.32 is the average. And we, on an average for a lot of our content on Facebook, you know, it was 25 cents. It was even less. So again, your media dollar goes much further, again, from a personalization perspective to make sure you're getting that content in front of the right, the right audience. So those things were really, really kind of fun to see where it was like, that was our hypothesis. Let's see if we can do it. And then it ultimately happened. Yeah, I think you could say just safely that it was successful, at least partially because the well was based on the customer's journey to begin with and, and recognizing all the moments that came with it, with it. And like you said, the ability to identify the right messages at the right time to the right people is always the mantra of marketers, but we tend to think, all right, then traditionally it used to be, yeah, that's how we're going to target a demographic with mass media. And, and I think you, you just safely poked holes in all of that and have the success to show with that because you know the proof is in anyone who has looked at, anyone who has been, the millions of, of those who have, have checked out the well know exactly what I'm talking about. Those are not you're right. Like the stories there tell what we want to hear as healthcare consumers. And it's not just glitzy, glamoury marketing stuff. So great. I just want to commend that because I think we, when I think, what do I want to see more of in healthcare marketing and what do I want to see less of? I want to see more of this. I want to see more of the story that is really there because then that does build the right connection with patients. And then we actually can get through and actually have more healthcare happening. So I just, I just want to commend that piece of it. And it's a a great way to just kind of wrap up the rap battle itself and and just say, no wonder it's getting the traction it has and no wonder it's the story that you've been able to tell with it. So with with that, we're going to roll into this final segment of keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it real is our pretty new segment here in season two, and it's all about answering one question. So no pressure here, Gina. <laughs> Just one question, but uh, I'm confident in how you can answer this. And this is one that's, again, I leave this one open and end it on purpose. And here it is. It's just what's one thing marketers can do better to improve healthcare now? Wow. <laughs> we almost have to get out of our own way. You know, I think when you think about a healthcare marketer, they're doing so much now, right? There's so much competition. You know, you think about where I live in New York, the tri-state area, there's so many hospitals. Consumers have so many different options that you really have to be very aggressive, you know, with your marketing and your message because you're, you feel like, well, if you're not, then, then someone else is. And I think almost when we get into that, we get so tied to, well, here's what the research says and here's what we need to do. Or we heard someone do a commercial, so therefore we need to do a commercial. And you know, you think about, again, oversaturation of the marketplace. I don't know if consumers, if they resonate with that anymore. I think that is a, a different way of looking at things. I think that was the way of, you know, even just a couple of years ago, that's what you did, right? And now you've seen this big shift, whether it's you know, the advent of social media and other things and personalization now is really big where I think we have to really get out of our own way and think about the consumer and think about their journey and think about what they ultimately want. And we have to move away from impressions and we really have to focus on relevant content at the right time to the right audience. And it's hard because some of that means probably if you're doing an advertisement or a radio ad and maybe you only have 15 or 30 seconds, half of that content shouldn't be littered with your awards and recognition. You know, I don't know if all of that necessarily resonates with the consumer. 
and you have to think, well, what does a consumer really need to hear here? What is the message that's going to going to help them? And I think sometimes we forget about that. And I, I don't think it's purposeful. I think, you know, people are in healthcare because ultimately, you know, we want to help people. It's an amazing industry. There are incredible stories to tell. And it's a really important area to work in. But I think we really have to start to put that consumer first and think about what it is that they need and want and how can we help serve them and give it to them. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think it goes without saying that that healthcare needs more people thinking the way that you're thinking and being able to offer those insights in a concise way like you just did. So I want to thank you for that. Gene, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. For those who want to connect with you, if they want to learn a little bit more about the consulting work that you're doing now, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, G-C-Z-A-R-K. And they can also reach out to me at G-C-Z-A-R-K at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us so much. This is one of those stories I was was so glad to be able to have on the program and, and and have greatly enjoyed it. For those of you who are listening and tuning in, thanks again for doing so. We hope you enjoyed being a part of this program. Keep an ear out for even more new segments and amazing guests who are coming as we roll out the rest of season two over the coming weeks and months. Join the posse. Don't forget, listen, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. So on behalf of Gina and myself, we want to admonish you and invite you to keep marketing forward Thanks, and that's a wrap.